Hello and welcome to P4A's Let's Talk Rare monthly podcast. Every month, we at Partners for Access bring to you some of the most important news developments in the orphan drug and cell and gene therapy world and what they mean to you. Hello and welcome to our October episode of Let's Talk Rare. I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Obi-Wan. Hello, thank you for the wonderful introduction, Georgie. And we have a great show lined up for you today with an amazing panel this month. So let's meet our guests. First of all, we've got Stefan Walzer. Perfect. Thank you, Georgie. Hi, Owen. Good to meet you all. Um, just very briefly, I guess, I'm just a, just a simple health economist, but having had already, let's say, close to 20 years of experience, primarily in the German-speaking markets, and obviously working already since the beginning on the Amnoc project. Thanks, Stefan. It's great to have you with us. And also, we're joined by our colleague, Vizentos. Thank you, Owen. My name is Vizentos Stiliani, and I'm a senior analyst here at Partners for Access. Recently, I have been focusing a lot on the German market, and I'm the German country champion at Partners for Access. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys. So as you know, we always start our podcast with a little quick fire round from Owen. This just gives you guys a chance to get to know our panel a little bit better, uh, and we enjoy doing it, so it's really fun. So Obi-Wan, take it away. Thank you very much. Right, I'm going to start with you, Stefan. These questions are... They, they seem quite simple, but actually they give us a nice little window into who you are. So just a quick answer. The first thing that comes into your mind, what do you prefer, Stefan, the town or the country? Country. Okay. <laughs> do you like online shopping or shopping in a store? Oh, definitely online shopping. <laughs> do you prefer being a passenger or a driver? Driver. Okay. I thought so. And do you like using a pen or a pencil? Uh, basically an electronic pen. <laughs> okay, well, let's go pen then. <laughs> yes. Okay, um, shoes or trainers? Uh, trainers. And beer or wine? Uh, for sure, beer. Uh, had to be. <laughs> okay, I'm interested in this. What about classic art or modern art? I guess probably more modern art. Do you like a big party or a small gathering? uh oh that's a difficult one i think it depends who will come right but i would probably go more for the kind of uh, smaller events <laughs> okay okay um olympics or the world cup world cup and Football man. finally the age-old question a dog or a cat oh for sure a dog <laughs> okay okay <laughs> I, I think now we know who stephanie is well we've got a good idea who stephanie is absolutely uh, <laughs> right but 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 what about you? What about Fizz? Now, Fizz, I'm not going to ask you the same questions, but I am going to ask you the first same question because we always ask our guests, is it a town or countryside? Easy one for me, countryside. Ninjas or pirates? Oh, ninjas. <laughs> uh, book or an ebook? Book. Dine-in or delivery? Dine-in. Marmite, do you love it or loathe it? Oh, furthest away as I can get. I'll be oh, good man. <laughs> good wow. man. I knew you were the king. I knew you were the king. Okay, do you like to save or do you like to spend? Maybe to save, to spend. Okay, good answer. <laughs> good answer. Um, yeah. Horror or comedy? Can I have a dark comedy? 
You can, you can. He's subverting these questions a bit, but I like it. Um, phone or text? Text. Okay, Mac or PC? Ooh, Mac. And finally, Halloween or Bonfire Night? Halloween, easy one. Okay, right, well, there we go. We've got a little bit of flavour of, of Biz and Stefan. Um, thank you very much for indulging me on those questions and some brilliant answers, by the way. Thank you very much. Really good answers. Thank you so much, guys. All righty, without further ado. So this month, we are focusing on the German market and the proposed changes to the healthcare bill. What does this mean for manufacturers launching new drugs within the EU? Specifically, with the recent news that Janssen have shelved two oncology drugs from their launch strategy for Germany. Seeing as Germany has always been a go-to market for manufacturers, what will the implications look like? What about the patients? Specifically, rare disease patients who are desperately waiting new treatments and potential cures. So this is what we will be discussing today. But first of all, let's have an overview of what those changes actually are. So often drugs up to now have had um, some incentives in the German in the German analog system. And one of these, for example, was that they were able to achieve free pricing up to 12 months, um, where they were able to price their drug reasonably um, without any, any restrictions. However, now that's being reduced to up to six months um, with reimbursement decided after that that free pricing has been applied retrospectively from month seven. Also up to recently, manufacturers were able to um, avoid triggering the amnog evaluation process unless their annual sales figures were expected to breach the 50 million euro threshold. Now this is actually being reduced to the 20 million threshold. So the GKV is also adjusting the way that it prices some of these new drugs. For example, um, up to recently, the added benefit that's associated with the analog process has typically been used more of a light guideline for some of these insurances to help decide the price of some of these innovative drugs. But now there's a lot more of a stricter threshold being applied depending on the result of the added benefit. And finally, one of the last important changes for, uh, for these orphan drugs is the compulsory and additional 20% rebate for certain products that are used in combination and this is especially relevant as, as, as in the orphan drug space. Now, there are a lot of these combination therapies trying to come to the market as they really offer real incentives to some of these um, patient groups with high met needs. What was the reason behind the new law um, and why did they bring these changes in? Yeah, <laughs> good question, Georgie. I mean, at the end of the day, I think to me, I think it was probably two different reasons, right? I mean, one was for sure the... Um, the ongoing discussion since years, since the AMNOG was basically implemented in those, let's say, um, um, special environments for the orphan drug areas has anyway been implemented, um, especially triggered by the health insurance companies, which was exactly those kind of, let's say, questions, do we need those additional incentives for orphan drugs or not? Just have a look. I mean, you're the experts as well in other European countries on top, right? I mean, there are no real, let's say, um, um, similar processes as we have it in Germany, specifically for orphan drugs. I think that that's very important to keep in mind. I think the other point was for sure, and that was probably the, then the final trigger, is the 17 billion of losses within the GKV system, which has just been accumulated in 2021 and 2022. And that has obviously had those kind of impacts also on a political level, 
in order to do something. Just very important before we probably jump into further of the discussion, the current, uh, let's say, information we have shared has not yet passed parliament as of October this year, right? So I think expectations are, let's say, rather low that there might be, let's say, um, changes which are more in favor of uh, probably the pharmaceutical industry, but I think also not in the other direction. I think it's, it's rather clear that whatever we have, whatever we're discussing now or whatever has been discussed in the last couple of weeks is probably what will also then happen and will be seen in the new bill. With these proposed changes, will orphan drug manufacturers still see Germany as, as the first go-to markets? <laughs> I think that's the ultimate kind of cool question. I mean, to be realistic, I mean, and obviously with a German hat on, right? <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, there are still, let's say, incentives available, right, for orphan drug manufacturers, which are not, uh, let's say, um, seen in other countries. So I would rather still say yes. I think it will probably still be the kind of first market to go. I think where the incentive might be probably more, um, let's say the disincentive probably rather, right, is yeah. probably more around that kind of, let's say, 20 million threshold what FIS has also just introduced, right? Because of the 20 million threshold, you might maybe start more thinking of having maybe a lower launch price already earlier, um, let's say in, in the kind of, let's say, um, uh, uh, process of getting the right German price. This might be maybe more the kind of trigger for the pharmaceutical industry. But at the end of the day, it's still the question um, if that is, such a big disincentive or whether it's just let's say an adjustment to the current reality. Jansen said the reason they pulled those two oncology drugs, this is exactly what they said in their words, were because of the upcoming changes to the AMNOG assessments and uh, the price setting which prevents innovation. So companies are really now starting to think that, that you're actually, Germany now is preventing innovation in new drugs, especially in the orphan drug world. And as it's always been that that main market for uh, return on investment, you know, manufacturers are always looking. Do you think now, especially in the ATMP and, and the orphan drug space, where it's all around innovation, that these companies will now start to look at other markets? I, I'm, I'm still, let's say, pretty much convinced that Germany will still be at least in the group of leading markets. Maybe it's not number one, but that was always the, the discussion, right? Where, where to first approach? I mean, if sometimes maybe France was in, in, in front because of maybe some very specific ATMP, uh, sorry, um, what is the program in, in France again? Not ATMP, it's the um, the early access program. What is it? Oh, um, the early access, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, so the, um, um, the IAA is in France, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah. Access agreement. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, you know, sometimes you maybe take France as a kind of intro into Europe. Sometimes you maybe take one or the other countries, like also UK, even that it's no more part of the EU, right? But it's always the kind of question where to best enter, right? And where you could, let's say, uh, start with the optimal, I don't want to say the maximum, but the optimal price for the further next steps into Europe, right? And I mean, what we see now is, and Janssen is an interesting example because they have withdrawn from the market even before the changes have been implemented, right? So at the end of the day, it is it is and was always a kind of question, which kind of, let's say, evidence you would basically need to, uh, let's say, submit and show to the GBA, which is the first part of the AMNOC process, right? And what could you really expect in the second part of the AMNOC process, which is then the price negotiation? And I mean, what will, I think the bigger kind of change besides the threshold is probably also what was mentioned is if you, only in quotes, please, right? 
um, receive a non-quantifiable added benefit or a minor added benefit, you would suddenly need to compare from a pricing perspective, also in that second part of the AMDOC process, against the comparative therapies. And that's maybe the kind of tricky part, even though that we all know in most of the cases, there are no competitors or comparators out there in the orphan drug space. So that's then again, a bit of the kind of question, Mark, how this could really be dealt with. But there's at least a bit of a kind of uh, potential fear of that kind of scenario. Stefan, do you think with the new price thresholds that are being set by the GKV in, in terms of linking it to the added benefit a bit more rigidly than what currently exists, do you think that could lead manufacturers to potentially delay launch until they have um, really improved some of their data? For example, manufacturers of orphan drugs um, may try to utilize their phase two trials to achieve market access. However, the quality of that data is, isn't obviously as comparable to the phase three standard of trials. Do you think this new price threshold linking it to Amnog will, will cause manufacturers to perhaps delay launch for maybe two or three more years until they have this more robust data? Or do you think they would still push through with their, their phase twos or even, or even earlier? I mean, I think the core cool question to me is whether um, if there is the possibility to run randomized or at least controlled trials, right? I think that's the core cool question to me ultimately. I mean, um, have a look on the on the available ATMPs, especially for example, the CAR T cell therapies, right? I mean, if you take those really, really low number of patients in the different countries, I think it's just difficult to run even a large trial, not even discussing about a comparative trial. And even if you would be able to, let's say, come up with a trial design where you could put in a comparator and get it through the ethical approval, which is the other kind of component, right? What we're normally not discussing in the HDA sphere as well, um, how, how do you want to have statistical power behind, right? If you only have, let's say, 50, 60 patients across Europe, maybe, or let's say across the Western European world, then then you still need to have, let's say, two groups. And not everybody wants to participate in a trial anyway. So I think this is the core kind of question. But I think what we have seen also with the CAR T cell therapies is that I think also payers are more open to maybe find other solutions. Um, especially maybe if we're speaking here about, um, obviously about cure, right? Or a real long survival, right? If you're really expanding survival for years, then I think that's something where everybody's getting a bit more flexible nowadays as well. I think this is probably also where the kind of component with the non-quantifiable or minor added benefit might come into play. And I think in the German context, I think it might as well be worthwhile to learn from those first ATMP launches that... Um, the early conversation with the payers, I'm not speaking now with the GKVSE, right, where the AMNOC price negotiation is, uh, is happening, but rather with the individual health insurance funds, that's probably getting even more important, right? Are there solutions possible on that level? Are there solutions possible where you could maybe think of putting it from the individual health insurance fund into the full system? I think that's more the things where I guess the industry will even think further. Stefan, you mentioned earlier that Germany's still an attractive market for orphan drug launch. What are the incentives that you can see quite clearly that separate it from other countries? 
the 20 million threshold is probably still an incentive, right? We're just speaking about, let's say, going from 50 to 20, but we have also discussed politically whether maybe to take that whole threshold away right. and just say, look, orphan drugs should be assessed as every other drug, right? And that's what is happening in most of the other countries. For sure, also in the other countries, there are, let's say, political um, discussions to push basically also, let, or let's say, to, to incentivize to get also orphan drugs available on the market, right? But for sure, I mean, the payer side has, let's say, another and a bigger power in the negotiations, if you could obviously say, but you cannot prove that you are, let's say, as efficacious as you are, let's say, telling us, right? And that's a bit the kind of tricky part. That is why I was also coming back beforehand. Um, what is it now? Um, what we'll get out of the benefit assessment? I think that maybe other kind of incentive uh, I was maybe more alluding to was that there's still, let's say, the, the kind of, um, uh, um, let's say, um, yeah, probably still the opportunity and the kind of benefit in the first part of the AMNOG, right? Where the GBA cannot give you a lower added benefit than a non-quantifiable, at least not in that initial assessment before you have reached that 20 million euro threshold. That's still important, right? Because a non-quantifiable benefit just means that the benefit could be, let's say, between minor and the major one, right? Any Anything between. Non-quantifiable is not the lowest, right? It's basically on the other side of the of the, of the whole kind of um, benefit uh, rating. Uh, and that's maybe more something what we would need as well to keep in mind. But ultimately, what we have seen and heard already is that the push is for sure there, that prices should go down. And I think should go down even further. And I think the important point is rather independent whether Germany is still maybe the first market to go. I mean, with the current kind of financial uh, situation, with the economy for sure going down into recessions in all of other our countries, I mean, we'll see a big push against any prices. And if Germany goes down with prices, for sure the others will follow and even want to pay even less, right? Because we know that there's still some more, let's say, economic power behind Germany than in some of the other countries. So I think that will be probably more the kind of tricky part. I think I don't see it. As a, as a pure German problem, I would rather see it as a, at least a European issue, right? Not discussing about it probably broader, but if we take the US as, let's say, the market to go in any way, and then you have Europe as maybe the second one, maybe taking Japan a bit in, in brackets, right? But then Europe as a kind of second big bucket, then you might have an issue as a pharmaceutical company. Um, something that we haven't really touched on here is the, um the additional benefit for or the additional 20% rebate for combination therapy. So that could still be um, a, a benefit that the companies then, you know, that, that are in that rare oncology space looking at combos. It's not all doom and gloom. There is, there is some, some light in there somewhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think um, the, the, the ultimate, um, uh, let's say the ultimate push, what you will see and what we're already seeing now in the negotiation is just simply that I think um, prices need to go down, right? I think um, prices, let's say close to a million, or let's say not prices, but the annual therapy costs close to a million, even above, um, I think, but still be doable, right, in Germany. I'm, I mean, I don't say that this is not doable, but it might get even more tricky, right? And I mean, the kind of issue might be rather, and that's, I think, what the um, what politicians also put into the law is um, if there are, products which cannot prove in let's say standard 
um, evidence-based medicine terminologies that they are really more efficacious and or more safe, then your life is just getting more complicated, more difficult. And that is where I personally just think, firstly, you need to plan really properly on your evidence base, which doesn't always mean RCT, right? Mm. Have a look on the CAR-Ts. They don't have an RCT. They have re registered data. Um, they have full-up kind of data. They're in close contacts, et cetera. Et cetera. And that's very important. And secondly, obviously, I mean, um, Georgie, you had just mentioned the potential further 20% rebate. Obviously, do a proper planning of your pricing early on and anticipate what your kind of potential discount might be. And I would rather say do it more realistically, right? I mean, a 5% price cut with an orphan drug would maybe an annual therapy cost of, I just take it out of the, out of the blue, right? Maybe of 700,000 euros um, with, let's say, let's call it the difficult evidence base is probably just not realistic, right? If the evidence base is as it is, okay, take it. But then think of how you best price your product. And it could still be the 800K or 700K as initial price, let's say anchor in a way, right? But obviously keep thinking how to explain how the price was really being set up. And secondly, obviously, have a more realistic view that this is maybe not the price you will get after the six month period, right? And it's not just a 5% cut, but it might be even bigger. And that's a bit the kind of question mark and probably more the kind of learnings we probably need as well all to run and do in the next um, weeks and months and probably years yeah. as well. Yeah, to actually see what those implications are, are exactly. actually going to be and what, what the price is, you know, what exactly. the end price will actually be after yeah. that. What are the implications for rare disease patients in, in Europe, Stefan? will they still be able to access innovative new therapies? And what about delays to new treatments? Perfect question. I mean, and again, I would, I would like maybe to take again the, the CAR T cell therapies as an example. And just keep in mind that it was before we ran now into those kind of financial and economic kind of issues in the last couple of, of months, right? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm living, let's say, very close to the Swiss border. And obviously, we're also, let's say, covering Switzerland as a market. So we've just seen what happened there as well. Um, I mean, at the early days of some of those CAR T-cell therapies, they were already available, for example, in Germany, but also in some other countries across, um, let's say, across uh, Switzerland, small country anyway. But there was a big, big debate why such a rich country like Switzerland um, was not being able to afford those therapies at that time um, for those very few patients. I mean, we're speaking about probably, what is it, three, four, maybe five patients a year, right? <laughs> I mean, it's really a low number. Um, and there was big debate. There was big debate in television, in the newspapers, in the lay press, um, between experts, et cetera. For sure, they have it now. But what I want to say is those kind of discussions will probably be even more happening now, probably across Europe, right? Some of those other countries like, I guess, Italy, and maybe some of the parts in, in Spain, they know probably those discussions. But I think for some Swiss, it was really difficult because the product was available just across the border, right? I mean, just maybe 10 kilometers in Germany, and for sure they knew it from the US, but that was old, right? And what I'm now telling is probably something what I have heard has as well happened, for example, in the UK, years ago, right? When you were living, let's say, at the Scottish border, for example, and the SFC has approved you already and paid for it, and but not in England, right? By nice. But I think this, this is probably what we'll see as well, even further. I think the big question mark is rather if maybe Europe as a whole might be maybe um, 
delayed as a kind of launch continent, right? I'm not speaking that Australia is taking on. I think they have the same issue like, like let's say the UK and Canada and some of the others, right? But what if you say commercially, I want first to establish my company in the US and maybe I really wait, right? Or I just do individual contracts or individual kind of agreements with individual payers in some European countries. I think this might be maybe then have obviously an impact on patients across Europe. But let's just see. I mean, maybe we, we as well just all see that generally prices might go a bit down. It's a question, how much is a bit, right? Is it 10, 15, 20%? Is it maybe 50%? And the other point is always what I like, what I love to discuss with payers is, you know, you're speaking about, let's say that you have saved money. I mean, you know, also the other side is not stupid, right? This is a law which is now available, right? So I know exactly what you will request in six months of time. So I might just go in a bit higher with the price, right? <laughs> For sure, you could as well just think, you know, they go higher, but payers know that. So they might even put even further so the discount is maybe even higher. So it's a bit of a game, right? Yeah. But ultimately, it's still the question if the price is attractive, still attractive enough in order to launch, which let's say the issue is finally, obviously, if you decide not to launch, the patients have the issue, right? And that's, I think, the tricky part. So ultimately, I think Europe is probably too big to not launch at all. I personally might just think that prices might just go down quite significantly, I would say, but that has probably not so much to do with the, with the new law now in Germany. It's just the economic situation. Um, so I would just say it will not change so much probably for the patients ultimately. It's certainly going to be a really interesting few years ahead, isn't it? In, yes. In, in what the financial market's going to do, where pharma usually been traditionally um, insulated from global recessions. Now it, it, we might be looking at a different story. And, um, and, a, and a law like this from Germany sort of spearheads what, what we might be looking at into the future. True. Yeah. Absolutely. Fierce, what, have you got anything to add, add to that? Because this, this is really interesting stuff. And I came in thinking it was doom and gloom, but actually that I'm, I'm seeing some, some rays of light here and some, some opportunity. I think one thing I also wonder beyond the patients, it's how this new insurance fund or how the updates to this insurance fund are actually going to be funded in terms of actually people feeling the, the pressure now of the recession, the economies. I think they said, um, for example, the insurance rates for the um, the GKV would go up about 1%, mm. from 1.3% to 2.3% um, by 2023, and thereafter be increased by 0.2 or 0.3% per year. But if if these trends continue, you wonder how much would the public be willing to sort of help fund some of these new innovative technologies um, when it only affects a minority of the population. So I wonder in the long run, what what, what may happen in politics on this scale. Um, but at the moment, at least, there's still good access to these innovative technologies. And I hope that we can continue to, to have access to all of these. It, it, it's actually a very great point you, you're just raising, Chris. I think the, the kind of question is, is probably hitting all of us so, sooner rather than later, right? Which is more the kind of question, I mean, how could you, let's say, explain that a product a pill or a, a, I don't know, a vial of a product which might extend maybe, yes, for sure, life for maybe, let's say, a year or maybe three months or just six weeks would cost 200,000 euros, 400,000 euros. That's basically the price of a house. So this is really difficult. I mean, I, I, I know. I mean, sometimes I, you know, I enjoy having those discussions also with lay people, right, with friends around me, right? So I just open that up. 
but it might get into a more difficult situation now also driving its perception in the public domain, right? Yeah. Because it's just difficult to understand why is it really worth? And, you know, if we discuss but, about but then, thing, you know, you know what you're doing there, Steph, you're putting a price on life and, 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 and that is, you know, what, 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 what is a, a price exactly. of, of someone's yes. quality of, you yes. know, unless you're, you're living with that, or your, your, you know, family member is, you know, you're looking at it from a completely different point of view. I want all the I don't care how much yes. it costs, just help us. Yes. Um, whereas from the other domain is, is, well, what is the price of a life? You know, if it is just, as you say, six weeks a week, you know, is it worth it? Well, it actually, it is worth it to the to the family that are that have got a loved one or somebody that they live suffering. Those six weeks are, are instrumental, you know, especially for the yes. kids. Or, you know, you, you can't put a price on that, really, can you? It, it's such a, like you say, you have it uh, just with discussions with friends and stuff, and I bet it can get a, a bit heated because people don't understand it from the other side. And, and it's it's that old adage, isn't it? Unless you're living with something, you just don't understand. You don't see it through somebody else's eyes. Um, and, and that's always the, the really difficult question. I guess, you know, someone's got to make that judgment somewhere along the line. That question has to be asked and someone's got to give an answer. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I fully agree. And, you, you know, I mean, in the UK, you have the threshold on the ISA, right? It's somewhere around the £30,000 per quality. Um, in Germany, I mean, we're more running into, let's say, negotiation solutions, probably similar to the US, right? Even though that US has maybe some other issues around the system, right? But ultimately, I mean, you're totally right. Somebody needs to answer. And I think the answer is just getting a bit more tricky now, right? Because financially, we are all getting a bit into a trap now. I mean, on the other hand, obviously, as well, keep in mind, it's not just the price for the industry on one side, right? The raw materials are also getting more expensive for them, right? So the margins are also getting smaller. You know, yeah. if we want to discuss about margin from students, maybe another discussion, right? Or question, but it, yeah. you know, you have the pressure from both sides now, right? Yeah. Costs are getting really high, but the price pressure is all also high. And that might maybe be a bit more the kind of issue in terms of incentives for innovation in general, which is again, it's not so much driven by the OD. So by the orphan drug kind of, let's say reforms, et cetera. I think it's just more the kind of question on the whole economic environment currently and probably in the next one, two, maybe three years. So actually, I just wanted to touch on something that, that, you, that you spoke about earlier, Stefan. Um, and this may be a silly question, or maybe even a bit controversial. Um, but thinking about this, um, and as the new bill is, is, is going to restrict um, the price of new drugs for manufacturers coming into launch, why wouldn't manufacturers just come in at a higher price? that would then compensate for those changes um, and eventually kind of land on the price that they wanted, maybe, for their new drug? I mean, I, I don't know. Um, do you think that's a trend that we're likely to see? It, it's not a silly question. I mean, it's an excellent question at the end of the day, because, I mean, in theory, I would say, yes, of course. You know, you know what will happen. You know the kind of new frame. So you just raise it up, right? Where's yeah. the issue? But yeah. ultimately, I mean, we were just speaking about, you know, what is, it, what is the life worth? And the discussion, not only, let's say, with our friends and, um, uh, let's say, with the lay press, etc., it's also with your clinicians. It's already now difficult to explain to a physician, even if they say, this product is great, I want to have it. How much do you charge for it? Or they just wait until they see it in the price list and they just say, you know what? This is, this is just not what I can believe. It's a great product, but I cannot understand how you came up with that price. And that's already happening now, right? So it's, yeah. it's that kind of, let's see, full environment you need to keep in mind, right? It's not the isolation where you just say, you know, 
just add then 20% more what we have expected now. Those 20% is something you would even further discuss. And I know, for example, physicians and also of hospitals also read years ago where they were just saying, you know what? We're not using it. We're only using it for very few patients. Nobody will say that in the public for sure. But ultimately, it has happened. And it has not only happened in, let's say, in the southern part of Italy. It has also happened in Germany, in France, and everywhere. And so that actually what you're saying is if yes. you do that, there's going to have, you know, not necessarily your product will we'll get through. And actually, if it is through, are they going to use it? Probably not. You know, and like you say, they'll never come up publicly and say yeah. that. But obviously, yeah. because, it, you know, they can see just not worth yeah. what they're charging for. Yeah. Um, and like you say, it will only be maybe small children or, you know, someone that, that can really get that benefit yeah. from, from I think that. The, the overall pressure is just increasing right and the overall pressure on prices and on the industry is just let's say increasing from all sides and that's a bit the kind of difficulty right i mean that and that's what i what, what i meant beforehand right it might just maybe even go a bit further into the lines of development right i mean if you're really in the early stages and really think also from an investor's perspective right think of should i put my money into that kind of program in those early stages where i don't know if it will really even work and that's maybe the kind of tricky part where some of those programs might not even start. So we will not see the impact ultimately because we don't see what we could have had then based for those orphan drug patients. And that's may maybe we can see it in six, eight, 10 years time. If somebody would analyze, let's say, the time of, let's say, um, new products before the, let's say, recession and the time after, that might be maybe something interesting. But now I think we will not, we will not be able to even anticipate and estimate it now. Maybe we'll, we'll bring you back to that one, Stefan. If, it, if we're all still going in a, in a year, we'll bring you back and we'll have another look at it and see see what those, you know, see see what's happening and, and what that what that means and what those changes are. It's been really, really interesting. Do you think a year would be long enough, Stefan? Do you think that in, in 12 months, do you think we'll see a different situation or do you think we'll just still be reeling from these changes? Um, I think in a year from now, you will at least get a good kind of feeling on the potential for the price pressure. And I mean, across the different countries, right? I think you can see, and I'm pretty much sure that you see higher discounts being negotiated. And I think the issue is obviously, even that we have so many different payers across Europe, everybody is really feeling that pressure. They get the pressure from the ministries, from the politicians, et cetera. And ultimately, the pharmaceutical industry need to take it. Yeah. And most of the companies will anyway take it, let's say, in the first instance. And some of those, that is also fine, right? Because they still have a good margin. Not a problem. But there might be some where maybe they might decide then not, as we said it, maybe not launching it. Or maybe, as we have heard, I mean, uh, George, you, you just um, put that in, into the introduction. Maybe some of those will still withdraw, right? Because they might get maybe potentially a higher price somewhere else, what I honestly doubt. But <laughs> let's see. Um, uh, yeah, let's just see. I think in a year of now, I think we at least see the impact on the price discounts between that, those 12 months and probably the last 10 years. I was just quickly going to ask you, Stefan, actually, what's been the reaction in Germany? I mean, how have people... Been, has, it, yeah. has, it, has, it, has, it, has it gone down well? Has it been a, like a lead balloon? What's, what's the, what's the <laughs> word on the streets? <laughs> that, that's good. I, I think beyond experts, basically nobody's really discussing about it, to be honest. Oh, I mean, yeah. and you know, ultimately, at least in Germany, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is always the devil, right? So it's very easy to go there, right? I mean, you know, even if you say, ah, but you know, the healthcare cost has increased. Yes, for sure. So we need to go against the high prices. 
<laughs> no, the, the price, the component, the, the, the proportion of pharmaceutical prices and the cost of those, of the total expenditure on healthcare, it's just minimal, right? What is it? 7%? It's below 10%. Somewhere between 5 and 7 or 8%, I think. And so we should rather think and discuss about those other 90%. All good. Everybody needs to pay their, you know, the, their, their kind of stake, right? And we have discussed beforehand that, let's say, it's difficult to explain why you want to charge for a vial or a tablet 200,000 euros. Not a discussion, but it's still a small proportion of it, right? So we need to discuss and get a much bigger reform on some of those other aspects, like inpatient funding, et cetera, all of that kind of thing. And there is a big discussion on that, right? And we have a lot of discussion now on resources we don't have, on budget still needed, and all, all of that kind of issues. I think it's probably across Europe, but that's rather the discussion. It's not, not so much on the discussion of, let's say, AMNOC changes or whatever. I mean, you can even hardly find it in the lay press, for example. Well, thank you so much to Stefan. And thank you to Fears for being my guests on this month's Let's Talk Rare Monthly podcast. So let's, uh, let's try and sum this up and give a Partners for Access perspective here. So overall, we expect that Germany will, in the most part, remain as the first go-to market for manufacturers with drugs or clinical trials that are likely to satisfy the criteria for added benefit. But for drugs with a weak data package that are at risk of not gaining any additional benefit and at the same time likely to exceed the new 20 million annual sales threshold, there will be delays as these manufacturers may postpone launch and wait for more robust data, or even they may skip the German market altogether to protect the price of their drug. I think this is one to watch, guys. This is going to be really, really important space to, to really see what manufacturers are doing. Uh, and again, Partners for Access will keep on top of all the latest changes and keep you guys up to date through our website, through our LinkedIn page, uh, and even on our podcast. So do, do keep, keep up to date with our latest material. Again, if you want to challenge us, if you disagree with us, we'd love to hear your feedback. Or even if you agree with us, again, we'd love to hear from you, our audience. We really value your opinion. Um, so, so yeah, make sure you get, uh, you get leaving your feedback for us. Thank you so much for listening this month. I'm Georgie Rack, along with my co-host, Obi-Wan. And we'll be back next month for a very, very special World Orphan Drug Congress 2022 special. Ms. Wright will be live at the conference reporting with Obi back in the studio. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to putting that together for you for next month. So, yeah, once again, thank you for listening and we'll see you soon.